Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast, episode 61. Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast with your host, Jack Mountain Bushcraft School founder and master main guide, Tim Smith. I'm your host, Tim Smith. I'm a registered master main guide, and in 1999, I founded the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School. We help people become more skilled, more knowledgeable, more experienced, and more confident outdoors by using traditional skills, a few simple tools, and field-based experience. Whether you're looking to go from city slicker to competent outdoor professional, want to experience a remote expedition, or just want to learn a few new outdoor skills, we've got you covered. You can check out the show notes to this and all of our podcasts at blog.jackmtn.com. When you're there, click on the podcast button. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Lastly, the best way to keep up with our programs and trips is to join our email newsletter. And you can do that at jmbnews.com. Hey, everybody. This is Christopher Russell from Jack Mountain and School of the Forest. And uh, Tim and I are sitting in the guide shack on a pretty miserable Friday. I mean... All Fridays are good because Rebecca it's Black miserable. Exists. The sun's shining, the birds are singing, everything's I, no, so happy. Tim, Tim, no, that's not that's not how this works. It's miserable. It's rainy. It's kind of cold. Oh, it's not sunny. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're just sitting here sucking down some coffee as we are apt to do, and talking about uh, we're two weeks into the semester now, so we're just kind of wrapping up on that and chatting about some of the observations that have come just in. Just in, yeah, in the couple of short weeks that we've been here. And the thing that came up was um, that there's there needs to be a really good understanding for people that are coming here about the work ethic that's required um, for these long-term programs. It's a lot of work. The Our nine-week semester, you know, we refer to it as standards-based professional training. And it takes a lot to get everything done. And this year we've gone to that digital assessment system. So everything's laid out for people from day one. Um, you know, and people, I think, uh, maybe get a little bit nervous about the amount of stuff that we, we require of them. Um, just yesterday we were talking to a student and he said he was a little nervous that he was falling behind already. You know, this week we spent a lot of time making canoe paddles with simple hand tools. We've got a video on that. It'll probably release before this comes out. Um, but, you know, it takes a lot of time to accomplish and to do it well. And, uh, you know, you need to remain focused as you go through that process. And that's sort of a, a metaphor for maybe the course as a whole, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, the, and that's sort of the, the thing behind it is that with this program... Um, Canoe paddles are a great example because with the paddle you make is going to move you 100 miles at least on the river once we start traveling. And so if you don't put in the work on on certain projects, you you suffer for it later. Um, be, just, be, you know, a t paddling with a 25-pound paddle is terrible no matter how good at paddling you are. Um, but it could be like a late night infomercial about uh, like a fitness product. Like your arms will get so huge paddling with this giant no, heavy paddle. No, no, you'll get carpal tunnel and blisters. Um, Is there really growth without pain though? Could there be? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but no, <laughs> there's something to that. And I think that, I mean, admittedly with the canoe paddle project, that's a big project. I think it's probably the biggest one that we do. Currently, yeah. Um, 
And so, and you know, the reality is they, we just need to knock those out early because we want to get on the river and use them and use them. Yeah. And like a, a tool that it's not just like making a whoa, pair whoa, of whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This isn't just to hang on their walls when they go home. Yeah. It's not like baby moccasins to hang on your like rear view mirror. Aww. Like when we make fuzzy dice during week seven, those are only to hang on your rear view mirror. For people considering coming to our course, we definitely make fuzzy dice and they're definitely made out of pine martin. And then we then we carve a craps table in the woods and, and shady gambling. Well, and fabulous Jack Vegas Casino and Ballroom. Where else? Where else would we have our fuzzy dice and craps table? Uh, but no, there is there is something real to what we're talking about in that if you're considering coming on this course, expect it to be a lot of work every day. Um, there's not really a moment here that isn't filled with something. Um, but we, we take weekends off if we're not on the trail, right? So those don't. So need we to can be use filled. the casino. Yeah, but those don't need to be filled with stuff. No, no. But but the days that we're here and working, we do what? What did we decide it was? Seven hours of FaceTime. Seven hours of FaceTime. Probably two hours in the library, and then that's in addition to getting firewood, feeding yourself, taking care of yourself, all of those things. So it's a it's a really busy full schedule. Right, there's not a lot of downtime. That's another reason why we have to do weekends off, so that people can feel like they can catch up on things yeah. that maybe fall um, by the wayside. But you know, professional training is challenging by design. Yeah, like our long-term immersion programs aren't designed to just be like a fun vacation. I mean, we want people to have fun, but we want them to have fun while working through a very rigorous curriculum. You know, it's not just kind of sit in the field and talk about how pretty the clouds are and then launch into like a 45-minute discussion about which YouTube star does the best to promote custom knives or some other kind of stuff like that. Yeah, there's a place for that. And I mean, the the sort of just to continue proving the point that we're talking about is that there is a place for that. And that's sitting around the fire at night after the dishes are done and stuff. Yeah, but, like a reflection at the end of the day. Yeah. But, that's, but that's after a busy but, full day. But exactly. And even during that, we were just yesterday talking to people about, you know, if you're sitting, be doing something. Um, you know, they're working on natural cordage right now. And that's a thing that once you get the swing of it, it's a pretty brainless task. And it's totally feasible to sit around the campfire and have a conversation and still knock out, you know, two or three feet of cordage while you're just sitting and twisting that together. And I think that that's something that, yeah, I think that people need to understand if they're going to come up here on a long program and if they expect to get as much as they can out of it, like if you've got some free time to do that, work on something. Yeah. And we model that after our experience, you know, living and traveling with native peoples. Like yeah. when we go up North and go out with David and Anna Bosom and Uji Boogamu, our Cree friends, you know, I watch Anna and she will be, busy all day doing stuff taking care of people feeding people then it's it's nighttime and she's uh maybe got like i don't know 11 those baby moccasins. 11 grandkids running around trying yeah. to wrangle them at the same time making you know snowshoe moccasins for somebody yeah. and you know or david you know working all day and then end of the day he's just prepping stuff for the next day just so you're just always busy and yeah. i think it's a good mantra to do i think it's a very modern and uh cultural specific thing for people to just do nothing yeah to sit around and sort of zone out and stare at screens like stare at your phone and and muckle around on social media for five hours it's a very modern and like there's no tangible benefit from that and i think when you know the the lifestyle that we're sort of proposing here the freeless sleeve based you know life in close contact with the land it takes a lot of work and your your body is the only motor 
that you have in a remote environment or even you know in a modern environment if the power goes out for a little bit yeah. so you know the idea that if you want to get anything done you're not going to fire up you know around here you don't fire up the four-wheeler fire up the chainsaw or something during a course you know it's your axe it's hand tools and you're going to have to be the motor that gets every task done and that's it's a challenging thing you know especially people raised in our modern culture where it's a we live in a culture of convenience like that's yeah. what we We've seemed to value convenience and comfort over just about every other thing that I can think of. You know, like we talk about hard work, but yeah, the hard work is like go to the gym for an hour and then spend 23 hours laying around all day. Are you talking about keeping up the grind? What? I don't know. I heard a young person say it once. Is that like a coffee shop or something? In Probably. That makes sense. <laughs> um, that's the best I can come up with. I don't know. Um, but no, it's, I mean, the, the, the reality of is of it is that with a lot of things, you know, there's that whole uh, sort of trope of that, you know, the better you get at something, the easier it becomes. And the, I don't know that that's necessarily true. You definitely are more efficient at it, but like it's still physically hard labor. Um, I'm, pr I'm pretty good at swinging an axe, but I spent the last week and a half clearing up a bunch of downed trees down by my campsite. And I, I'm still physically tired from that. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's good. That, that it never, <clears throat> pardon me, that it never loses, um, yeah, it never loses its ability to wear you out. Because I think that that's something that's missing from the modern world is that you're not tired at the end of the day and you just sit and stare at YouTube until your brain finally gives up and turns off, you know. And it's nice, we were just this morning talking about how great we slept last night. Admittedly, that was fueled by ice cream, but. Yeah, quick stop too. Uh-huh. Open for the season. Thank God. Um, yeah, but a good kind of tired. You know, yeah. physically tired at the end of the day because you spent the day moving. You, yeah. you know, your body was doing what it was designed to do. Move and accomplish physical tasks. Yes. Right? We're not just designed. What was the movie where the the robot movie, Disney, where everybody's in space? and Wally. -E. Wally. -E. Yeah, we're not designed to like be in zero gravity and just float around eating whatever they ate. Oh, that sounds awesome, though. It does sound pretty it great. It sounds pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> As a vacation, I wouldn't want to live I, like that. Yeah. Like, go do that. For, nice to visit. Go do that for thirty-six there. hours. Um, yeah, but it is good to you know it's good to work the body. And I think part of the reason that we're having this discussion, part of the reason we're having uh, this as the topic for our morning talk here, is because we want people to know if they're coming out here, you know, do some exercise before you come out. You know, get physically yeah. capable of making your body work. And it's not, and I also want to, uh, you know, um, preface that by saying it's not a marathon. We're not doing like powerlifting for max squats and max bench press. It's pretty much like low level physical activity, but nearly constant throughout the day. So we're not like sprinting up hills, carrying boulders, or what are those uh, those guys in the those strongman competitions are like pushing a tractor and it's not stuff a like tractor that pull i don't know like the, i don't know it's literally just called a tractor pull no they're not when the cars pull them but when like the, the big strongman guy i know really yeah they're pushing it they're not are, are they no, they're hooked through it they're hooked through a harness and pulling. all right whatever we don't even have a tractor. <laughs> anyway yeah we don't even have a tractor <laughs> or a harness for that matter or a strongman but the idea is that it's just pretty much low level like we're walking a lot um I was somewhere recently and the, I was with a fr an old friend of mine 
and he had one of the uh, smart watches, and he's like, oh, I got to get my steps in every day. Like, I don't know, 15,000 steps was the goal, or yeah. maybe that number is totally off base. I don't, I don't know. But I, you never have trouble getting your steps in around <laughs> no. here. And it's, you know, you're walking from Moose Vegas to the river, to the guide shack, to the library. You're swinging an axe. You're hauling firewood out of the woods. So never are you sort of physically taxed to the edge of your abilities, but you're sort of always exercising a little bit. Absolutely. And it's not, I mean, and we're kind of harping on the physical aspects of what makes the semester hard, but it's also challenging, um, like academically and mentally and socially. Like it's, it's a long time to be around a bunch of people you've never met before. Yeah. Cut off from the rest of the world. That is a challenge for sure. Um, and you know, a discussion that we have with regards to motivation with people is, I really want people to understand that it is hard, right? It's not easy, but it's with the pain that comes from it being hard comes great rewards. That there's an old saying with the uh, in one of the old books I have about the Junior Main Guide Program, and they talk about they use this exact term: "Cheaply won is cheaply held," and it's in that great, great book, uh, the Junior the the Art of Outdoor Living Junior yeah. Main Guide Handbook. Like just a fantastic book. Get a copy of that; you won't regret it. But cheaply won is cheaply held. And I translate that to mean if something is really easily achieved, you don't respect it, right? Like if it's, And then again, if something is very difficult to achieve, we respect it. And we can look at that as a culture and say, yes, okay, it takes numerous years of advanced study to become a medical doctor. Therefore, medical doctors carry a higher prestige in our culture and usually have a higher income than, say, someone who went to uh, what would be a short thing, like a... Like a uh... I don't know. I don't know. You took a correspondence course to become a, or a, like an online a course lifeguard. to become a lifeguard. There you go. Same thing too. Medical. I like yeah. it. Good, good job. You're on it. The morning. coffee's kicking in slowly. Earlier, so, I couldn't remember it my It takes name. a lot more to become a doctor than a lifeguard. Yeah. And therefore, we hold doctors in higher esteem and pay them more, right? And, <clears throat> and the idea is that the harder you work for something, and especially if the rest of the world can see you working hard, then our culture rewards that and says, oh, this person has put in their time. It's a higher status. It's a higher thing. So when, you know, there are benefits to working hard like that. Absolutely. I mean, that's sort of a metaphor for how we've set up our educational system as a culture, right? Like yeah. put in your time, go to college, do get the hard degree, and then you'll it'll pay you back over the course of your life. Right. That's the... That's sort of the the selling point, I yeah. guess, if you will. Maybe it's in question in the modern world, but <laughs> to some degree. But um, so something that we run into is, you know, people coming here want to be awesome yeah. at everything that we do here, right? And who wouldn't? And I, you know, I would too. Everybody does. Yeah. Like you don't go into something thinking I'm going to be really crappy at that. Like <laughs> that's how I ended up at Jack Vegas <laughs> Casino. Get it? Because craps. Yeah. Ah, you know when I said you were really hitting on all cylinders a minute ago? Did I, did I ruin it? Nah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> so you know everybody wants to have a really good time and be awesome at stuff, right? You sort of coming out for a long course, you want to really succeed. Um, but and this is a very common thing that we run into on the long courses here, is that sometimes things are hard. Right. And certain people excel at certain things and maybe don't excel at others. So maybe, for example, student X is very good at hands on, you know, has a manual 
labor background, really good using their hands, a very good sense of their, their body, you know, knowing how much effort to put into certain things. So very kinesthetically uh, gifted, if you will. Yeah. But maybe struggles with some of the more academic stuff, tracking the weather, you know, doing the background research on the natural world, things of that nature. So, um, and maybe student Y would be the reverse. You know, they excel at more academic things, but have never really used hand tools, have never really swung an axe, and maybe don't have that kinesthetic awareness, but are can nail things academically, right? So, you know, it's very rare that someone's going to excel at everything. It just, you know, in the it, we're not really wired like that. Most people are better at sort of one thing yeah. than another. But... So how do we react to that? That's what I'm getting at here. And we want people to understand this if they're planning on coming out to a a long course, that you will be challenged. You won't excel at everything you do, right? And some things you'll probably struggle with. But again, you know, the struggle, if you persevere through it, is going to make you better, stronger, and more able to handle adversity in the future. But we've seen three common Uh, reactions to that struggle right so the first two are non-desirable and the third one is the desirable thing so when we say that we're looking for mature students this is what we mean so so student x is really struggling and as a result uh, of not living up to the expectations that they had for themselves on the course they have three options option one is to blame themselves. And that usually leads to a real decrease in confidence and is not a super positive thing. And that usually goes somewhere along the lines of, you know, I'm no good at this. I'm terrible at this. I should just quit. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm no good, right? And that's not what we want people to take away from this. No, not so, remotely. So there's bad option number one. And we've seen that happen. Bad oh, yeah. option number two, we've seen this happen. Where when the student doesn't live up to sort of the fantasy of excelling at everything... Whose fault is it? They blame the instructors or the school. That if those guys were any good at being instructors, you know, I would be way better at this. I'm not better at this because they're bad at what they're doing. Yeah. And I've seen that happen, and that has a real negative effect on, number one, that student. But that's often like the apple that'll kind of spoil the whole bunch where they'll be really negative about the course, negative about the experience, and, uh, you know, not a great situation. So... That's negative option number two. Positive option number three. This is what we want people to feel when they're struggling here. Is to acknowledge that what we're doing here is hard work. Learning is hard work, right? It's tiring. Physical learning is tiring. Here, you're basically learning a sport and a whole bunch of new academic subjects. Actually, multiple sports. Yeah. You know, figuring like swinging an axe, canoeing, all these kinesthetic things. Figure skating. Uh, yeah. Um, in the winter. Uh, so we want people to acknowledge that life here is very challenging because you're constantly learning new things, right? And we want people to understand that that is part of the process. That if it were everything was easy, why would we bother running a nine-week professional-level training course that's standards-based? You know, we wouldn't because everybody would just get it right away on day one and you could just do a couple PowerPoints or whatever, like a YouTube video, and everybody would walk away being an expert at it. But that's not the case. So to recap, you know, when things get hard, three options. Bad option to blame yourself. Bad option to blame the instructor or some other external factor. Good option to realize that this is challenging. 
What I'm undertaking is difficult and challenging, and to struggle a bit is part of the process. Because without struggle, there can really be no significant gains. Absolutely. I just the other day was having a conversation with one of the students on this semester, and he was talking about what he wanted out of the course. And he, you know, he kind of said he wants to be, he wants to really get a good handle on everything that we do up here. And I, you know, I kind of told him that that's a great goal, but it's not really a reality of the nine weeks. Like we do so much different stuff and you're going to be better at some than at others. Some things are going to need more work. And so there's a reason when we say that our journeyman certification is a minimum level of competency, it's because you have a basic understanding of all that stuff. You're by no means a master of any of it. You're probably better at some of it than others. Definitely. But, but it's a, sur- oh, you know, this is a survey course yeah, and that exactly. you grab from a lot of different disciplines. Yeah. And so I would say that to people that are coming up here, the goal shouldn't, if you come up here with the, like Tim said, the, the idea that I'm going to be awesome at all of this, that's a great way to shoot yourself in the foot. I think, um, I've got eight hours and I want to learn everything that I need to know to go back in time to 50,000 BC and be so exactly. good at all the skills that they will make me king. <laughs> that's well, what I, I want. I just that's... take a microwave <laughs> and a solar generator. Ah, five gallon buckets. <laughs> That'll be it. You brought five gallon buckets back to 50,000 BC. They'd be like, you should be king. <laughs> you are king of all of it. <laughs> um, but no, I think that that's a, I think a better approach is like to understand that this is, this is stuff that most people in his prehistory and in relatively modern times, all, they learned all this stuff by the time they were 10. That's 10 years of their life that they were practicing this stuff and learning how to do it. And you're trying to jam it into nine weeks. Um, and so I would say that to come up here knowing that and just expect to have at the very least a methodology and a a methodology to get better at it over upcoming years and a basic understanding of each thing that we cover. Um, we've talked about this before that, um, this isn't like Tim doesn't hire people and we don't bring people on to work with us after one semester. Um, it usually takes two, two and a half years until you're at the point where you know this stuff well enough to teach it. And I'm still, you know, Tim and I were talking yesterday. I still have stuff up here that I struggle with, like just my understanding of it and how to teach it. The idea that uh, you've probably, if you're interested in this sort of a thing, if you're listening to this and kind of look around this industry, that there are instructor classes, instructor training, yeah, struggling today there are instructor training classes throughout this industry where it'll be like i don't know a week long i think there's one that was even like a couple of weeks long right yep and i'm always from the idea of looking at it from the prospect of oh maybe those people could come work with us like how much do you really know after a couple of weeks yeah you know and especially if you're not taking what you learned on those couple of weeks and then putting it into practice over and over and over and over you know, I love the fact that to become a master main guide now, you need to have 10 years of documented field experience, right? Yeah. Because uh, because that means, it means something. You know, having that period of time, it means something. So yeah, it takes a couple of years, I think, to be qualified and competent to be a Jack Mountain instructor because of the, you know, the depth and the breadth of knowledge that one needs to, to know. Yeah, absolutely. Um so we got that going for us. Yeah, yeah. Which is nice. Um, but, and I mean, and he kind of touched on a little bit in that, you know, how much do you really know? And the other side of that is how much do you really know after a short ter- ter- course to be an instructor? Um, the other side of that is like, what are your, your people skills at, after a week aren't anything after witnessing a few times 
how the program you're running works. You need to know the ins and outs of that. You need to understand, yeah, the, the culture of education that's up here um, or anywhere, really. Um, and I was going somewhere with this, and so now I lost it. You, wait, we need to understand the culture of anywhere? Of education. Anywhere? Like in some rural Chinese like primary school? You're telling me that I need to know about no, that? No, of the specific one that you were working at. Oh, um, okay. I, so that's where I was going with this. I was thinking about... Thank you. Weirdly, your jokes help me. <laughs> jokes? I think it's because when you start making jokes, my brain like goes and then it reboots. <clears throat> yeah. um, but anyway, I so, I, so when I think about like what it took for me to become an instructor and what our friends Ben and Paul did to become an instructor, it had to do – it was more akin to an old school apprenticeship, right? Like you worked for a while in with somebody and got to know the ins and outs of how they did things and – you know, maybe after a couple of years, you, you got it. You start to understand the flow of the days and stuff like that. And I think that that's super important. If you want, if you want instructors that know what they're talking about, they need to have that experience, not just in the hard skills, but in the soft skills of the place that they're working. Well, yeah, uh, definitely like, yeah. Qualified instructor, hard skills, soft skills, meta skills, Planning and trip planning skills, safety skills, risk assessment yeah, skills. Yeah, there's so much. Like, there's a lot going on there. And you might not get that from our, like, podcast and videos because we sort of take a kind of a jokey approach no. to, to putting out media like that. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's by design. Uh, everybody for so many years has been so hot to give every all their sort of instructional components away via YouTube or via whatever. Like, we've never embraced that. And it's kind of funny now those chickens are coming home to roost. A lot of those people are now wishing maybe they hadn't given away all of their instructional yeah. content, uh, you know. Yeah. And, and it's something we're planning on doing. Like if you're interested in, in what we do up here, we are planning on creating um, and very soon, you know, an online learning component. Yeah. Um, but we're not going to give it away. It's yeah. just not something we want to do. Yeah. And but, so with all that social stuff that we're talking about, I – and because the point of this is to, you know, kind of give people an idea of what to expect coming up here. The, I would say that like the social, the social aspect up here is a tough thing, but if you come into it expecting, if you come up here wanting professional training and how to be a guide or an outdoor educator, you've got, you've got a great place to practice those skills. You're around a bunch of people you don't know. And if you, rather than observing every situation as like getting, I had a friend a long time ago who used to refer to it as getting all up in your feelings. So if you kind of avoid getting all up in your feelings. And is that, what does that mean? Like, I, is that how young people talk these days? Like, probably. What, are, what does that mean? I don't I, Well, so the idea that you get wrapped up in, in your own emotional experience to what's going on rather than viewing it as a point where you can learn and you can practice those, those leadership skills that we teach people up here, which is if there's a tense situation, maybe you step in and help mitigate it. And that I think that's an important thing to come up here knowing that you can learn rather than coming up here and getting into the he said, she said stuff between students. Cause it happens. You were up here for nine weeks and you're living on top of each other. And Here's it's a question. Tough. If you had a course that was only the students on the course were all of the same gender, like this course right now is all <clears throat> males, right? Yep. Could we have a, he said, she said situation when the course is all male? That's high math. I'm not good at that. <laughs> I th so let's wrap this up. Yeah. We're going to, yeah, I need some more coffee. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things that we say that we're looking for is mature learners, right? It's difficult 
it's more difficult to learn something as an adult than it is as, as a child. So, you know, be, be aware of that. Be aware of those responses that people have to being really challenged about either, you know, blaming themselves, blaming the some other external factor or realizing that it's part of the process, right? So when we say we're looking for mature learners, you know, that's sort of a platitude. You hear that a lot. You know, you're looking for mature people who are ready for a challenge, blah, blah, blah. You hear that, everybody says that. But what we mean specifically by that is people with the ability to analyze their own situation when things aren't going 100% in their direction and say, well, you know, how can I make this situation better? And people who can realize that, yes, this is part of the problem. I will be challenged. I love when I get rambly and then you say exactly what I was trying to say so succinctly. It's great. <laughs> but that is, you know, that's what that's what yeah. we're looking for. That's Absolutely. the challenge. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, so I did mention that we are going to be putting out some more, uh, some digital learning opportunities. We're going to be putting them out on our, on our distance learning website, bushcraftschool.com. And we don't have anything up there yet, but as a result of recreating our entire assessment system and moving it all to digital, it's just a step in that direction. So, you know, pretty soon we'll be able to, or you would be able to, um, go on and maybe take a course with us all digital and also you know we're creating the content now to supplement the learning here at the field school and you know something that we plan on having in place by this fall is a hybrid distance learning slash field school program where there'll be um, the way we have it now set up is we're looking at doing like a one weekend a month program uh face to face the interim time would be spent doing digital learning um learning about the things that we touched on during that face to face time and then finishing up with a week in the summer at the field school so it would be like a, a year long basically one weekend a month finishing up with a week but lots of digital learning and lots of assessment along the way yeah so we're working towards that you know what the internet's been around for 25 what? years 30 years and we're finally getting on board well, you know, we're slow, but <laughs> we're, weak. we're weak. There it is. <laughs> so you can look forward to that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, let's wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, let's do that. I need more coffee. I need more coffee. We got to go out and start our day. But thank you for listening. If you found this to be useful, please leave us a review or click on that little like one through five star thing. Only if you're going to click five, though. You know. Why can't I have one really big star? Yeah. That's what I want to know. Why don't you just find the chart for today and find your name and put a, put a star <laughs> That's exactly in it. what I want. I just need my gold name. star today. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> so thanks for listening. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Hope spring has sprung where you are. There's still snow in the woods here. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye. You have been listening to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. For more information on our professional wilderness guide training programs that are college accredited and GI Bill approved, visit us on the web at jackmtn.com.